0: you found the J-Spot. Join us every Thursday for a
1: candid look at issues affecting women. Everyone is welcome. We are an all-inclusive podcast with open minds and hearts. If you've got an opinion, we want to hear it.
0: From work life to sex to sexual preference to lifestyle, we will leave no stone unturned as we educate ourselves and others. J-Spot, it's been a pleasure.
1: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the second episode of The J-Spot. I'm Jessica and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Jade. How are you today, Jade? I'm good, baby. How you doing? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode on women working for the NHS during COVID. We both found it was a really positive episode, considering the subject matter has been quite depressing in the news. What do you think, Jo? I think, yeah, totally. We were both completely surprised.
0: I thought that she was going to, you know, rip everything to shreds, but actually, the more we talk about it, and the more we sort of reflect on the conversation that we had with Elsa, we've realised that probably. It's more to do with the media only showing one side of the situation, which is, you know, obviously we still need to take COVID very, very seriously. But it's also a little bit of a weight off for people who have been frightened and suffering with their mental health and stuff so
1: yeah really positive episode so you may have noticed in the last episode that we are recording remotely at the moment due to COVID-19 so we can't be together when we record so we just want you to please bear with us if there's any internet issues or sound issues obviously there's not really a lot that we can do about that at the moment because we are using the internet and the internet is sometimes shit we are also interviewing someone from overseas today so that might affect the quality of this podcast but so you just got to go with it go <laughs> with the flow we're real with you know we we call
0: ourselves real women with a real podcast and you know we have real technical issues just like everyone else. Exactly. Um,
1: So So, uh, to start off this week Jade I have a news article for you. Do you indeed? I do yeah it's a little bit more um, raunchy than last week's. Why did I know that it was going to be raunchy Jess? Why did I Um, know that? What are you trying to say? (laughs) We've got the headline here as pair hired for man's broom sexual fantasy turn up in bedroom at the wrong address with machetes i have heard this article you did tell me that i might have read it damn yeah,
0: it i haven't actually read it i read the title and i just thought oh fucking hell
1: so that's that's,
0: that's not pot noodly enough for me i'm gonna move on go for it tell well, me what happened jess
1: After appearing in an unsuspecting resident's bedroom with knives at 6.15am the duo accepted their mistake saying, sorry mate (laughs) (laughs) So the two men snuck into a bedroom with machetes after being hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom, only to discover that they had got the wrong address (laughs)
0: Wait, so why did they have machetes if they were stroking someone with a
1: broom? I don't know, but they were probably, like, arrested. Like, you know, it got... got... Yeah, no shit. They broke into someone's <laughs> house with machetes. <laughs> they explained to the judge, um, and apparently they said the facts of this case are unusual. They were let off because, you know, it was explained, and he wanted a broom handle to be rubbed around his underwear. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like to kink shame. No, I mean, no, I mean, you know,
0: whatever floats your boat, but that is one very specific kink, isn't it?
1: I know, but can you just imagine, like, how much you'd shit yourself if you, if two people were stood in your room with machetes at, like, six o'clock in the morning, and you had no
0: idea. Also, think about the guy that actually paid them, and he's just sat at home waiting
1: And nothing happens. (laughs) Yeah, but he was thinking he'd be able to get away with this with no one knowing, and now, like, it's... (laughs) Like, you know, his kink's out there for everyone to know. Yeah. He's not hiding anymore. Mate, there's weirder shit than that. Like, did you ever used to watch Sex Etc.? I
0: feel like I did.
1: It was that like, like programme like that was something I put on like when I wasn't supposed to when I was younger. Like at sleepovers. Yeah. Yeah. And um and used to be like, Oh my god, this is so funny and yeah. there'd be people on there that
0: were like rubbing themselves on balloons and like I can't even think. Obviously we there's all sorts of stuff that's quite mainstream now, like furries and foot fetishes and stuff, but there was real weird stuff on there. Again, um, no kink shame. If you're not harming anyone then
1: I might have to look that up again. I need to have a refresh of...
0: Yeah, (laughs) refresh
1: memory. I'll just get PTSD from all the sleepovers.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right, back to our podcast now and this week's interview. We'll be looking at sexuality and religion. And we have my lovely friend Sam coming on to discuss this topic with us. So we will be joined by her in a moment. (music) Hello, Sam. Hi!
2: Would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Um, Yeah, Um, I'm Sam. I am a lesbian and I'm also Muslim. So are
1: you happy for us to start and crack on with the questions? Yeah, sounds good. So the first question that we had for you was what does Islam mean to
2: you? Well, um, having a religion to me is having faith in something bigger than just the world. So when I'm in a situation where I'm just stuck or if something bad's happened or, you know, I can just pray and ask for strength or ask for help. It's a, I think for me, it's like a comforting feeling to have someone to go to, to have faith in something and to not feel so lost in the world. Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... I have a couple of uh, Muslim friends and I know that not everyone believes that to be like Muslim you have to follow all of the traditional practices. It can be kind of fluid (laughs) in in sort of what you choose to do or not do. Um, So just out of curiosity kind of what kind of um, traditional practices do you engage
2: in? I'm I'm actually a pretty pretty good Muslim. I follow Ah. most of the most of the practices mm-hmm. <laughs> in my religion we we pray five times a day, so I do that. Um, I don't drink alcohol, I don't eat pork. I fast every year in Ramadan mm-hmm. uh, and in my religion, we have this thing called zakat, where we donate at least two point five percent of what we earn to charities and a good cause or anything Aww, like
1: that.
2: that's nice. so we, we do that too, and yeah I, I, I do that too yeah.
1: When you pray, is it at specific times in the day?
2: Yes, um, we pray five times a day, one before sunrise and then one around. In every, all over the country, it really depends on how the sun rises and the sun sets. But you, after sunset, we pray once, before sunrise, we pray once, and throughout the day, we pray three times.
0: And for those who don't know, why, why do Muslims pray five times a day?
2: I guess it's just like that's a complicated
0: too... question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. But it's it's literally just to keep reminding you to take a take a breather throughout your day and just relax and um, pray and just you know, and have have a moment to yourself throughout the day. Like meditation, so not, yeah, not, yeah, exactly. So you're just when you're working, when you're studying, when you're busy. You, you have this like five ten minutes where you just take a time to yourself and just pray.
0: I love that. And I've never heard it said like that either. Um, because yeah. I guess from an outsider's perspective, it kind of looks almost laborious. You have to stop your day and stop what you're doing and take the time to pray. But if you're thinking of it like a a gift, like a meditation, then why would mm-hmm. you not want to do that? I love yeah. that. Yeah, definitely.
1: Regarding the outside perspective from non, non-muslims like what's your opinion on the perspective that they do
2: have generally i think a lot of western people assume that muslims are very fanatic we're very uptight we're not open-minded or tolerant of course the stereotype is that we're all terrorists you know <laughs> we're all clearly bad people <laughs> um but um people don't realize that or they don't want to understand that mm. these so-called terrorists are just terrible people that are tainting our religion, you mm. know. They they hijacked our, our very peaceful religion and they're giving us a bad reputation. Mm. And obviously, we don't agree on those fanatic terrorists. And um, our religion definitely does not approve of it. And that think, doesn't only happen in Assam, in definitely. No. It happens in other religions too.
0: I think um hijacked is like completely the right word because that's all i I have members uh of my own family who uh, through ignorance or lack of experience would just believe the headlines and stuff and it baffles me because in my opinion the evidence is right in front of you that Mm -hmm. these people are completely separate fanatics um exactly and Every Muslim that I've met, I was saying to Jess the other day, have been the most kind and respectful and open and honest people. And I think yeah. you literally only have to spend 10 minutes of your time to learn that, but people don't. Yeah, It's
2: really sad. It's just, it's, it's, it's bad, isn't it? How there's just a group of people just tainting the religion and that's what the world sees us. Like, that's how the world sees us.
0: Yeah. I guess the problem is bad enough that it makes the headlines and therefore that's how they've, they've been so successful in what they've done because of how badly they've done it. I just wish people would take the time to realise that it's no different to bad Christians or bad Catholics or... Exactly, exactly. But um, they just take up media space, and that's the, sh- that's the hard part, isn't it? So um, the other thing that we wanted to talk about, because obviously J-Spot is a largely sort of feminist, uh, woman-centred podcast, go into as much or as little detail as you want. How how does it feel to be a Muslim woman? There's this opinion that uh, Muslim women are oppressed and they're quietened and all of this stuff. Um, What is your opinion on that? Do you agree? Is it difficult to go into? What do you
2: think? I was born in a country where we're mostly Muslim. Mm -hmm. like most of indonesians where i was born in indonesia we're all we're mostly muslims the 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 population are mostly islam and so it was normal for me growing up here Mm -hmm. it's not something that i didn't feel like i was different you know Mm -hmm. when it comes to my religion because every everyone's like this Mm -hmm. so when i went and lived abroad the whole concept of like oh yeah muslim women are oppressed and there are you know submissive and like you know all the those words that they use to describe Muslim women I feel like it's it's not like that you know like we we have a choice and everything I don't know I think it really depends on where you are because like I said it was normal for me to be Muslim growing up because everyone Mm. else was like
0: I think again it's that um, example of people putting words into other people's mouths about things that they don't understand they see something and they make an interpretation and they don't stop to question whether or not it's wrong there's a really good yeah. book um, called It's Not About the Burka. Um, mm-hmm. It's a collection of essays. Have you read it?
2: Uh, I, I, have, I have heard of it, yes. It's not yeah, the it's, it's good. It's um, very it, feminist.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's loads of women coming together and um, just sharing sort of understanding of, of how it feels to be a Muslim woman, and not one of them says they feel oppressed or um, like they're being pushed into anything. It's, they have a lot more freedom than the Western world likes people to know almost
1: yeah I um I feel really lucky because I studied Islam at school so um, I've always felt like when people have made ignorant comments or made assumptions about the religion I've always been able to sort of say no actually you're wrong because I did learn about it at school and it was really interesting um, I even visited a mosque um, and it was just a really enlightening experience just to see because I'm not religious at all to see people go about their lives completely differently for me was really interesting, and I just think it like education is the key to understanding and realizing that it's not not a bad thing at all, but we did learn about obviously the traditions of Islam, and um regarding the hijab, obviously you don't wear one um so is there a reason why you don't wear one? And is, do you have an opinion on women that do or don't? Well,
2: yeah, I don't wear a hijab. None of my family members wear hijabs either. Because for me, it's a choice. You know? um, I think wear, wearing a hijab should be a choice mm-hmm. for all Muslim women. No one should be forced to wear it. And no one should be forced without it. Wearing hijab, in my opinion, should be like... Like wearing any 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 type of other clothing or makeup or doing your hair, it should make you feel confident. It should make you feel beautiful, feel safe, feel powerful. You know, I think that's how how a hijab should make you feel. And if it doesn't make you feel that way, then don't wear it. You know. And I actually have a little story about this. Um, when I was living in Australia, we had a Jordanian neighbor. She uses a hijab on a daily basis back at home in Jordan. But however, after living in Australia for a couple of weeks, she took her hijab off. And our neighbor, who is from Malaysia, and if you guys don't know, Malaysia is an Islamic country with the Sharia law. So they're like very strict about stuff, you know. And our our Malaysian neighbor asked the woman, like, why did you take your hijab off? Like, you know, like, that's no good. Like, why are you doing that? (laughs) And the Jordanian woman just said that in Jordan, when she wears the hijab, she feels like the hijab is protecting her and she feels safe wearing the hijab, you know, and in Australia, when she was wearing it back then, she said that people looked at her weirdly and she didn't like the attention that she was getting from people and she didn't feel safe wearing the hijab. So she just took it off, you know, simple as that. So wearing a a hijab shouldn't be some kind of burden that, you have to deal with just because you're Muslim. It should you should only wear it if you want to wear it.
1: I love that. Could you um could you quickly just explain like the two different um like laws, um not laws but practices.
2: Oh no, the Sharia law is
1: Sharia law, yeah, sorry. You know
2: You know how countries have like democracy, communism, you know different countries have different things. Like your country is a monarch country, but you have prime ministers and all that, and that's who governs the country, you know. Um, A country with Sharia law is a law created out of Islamic rules. So the country follows that Islamic laws. So the whole country is under that Sharia law. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of countries are like that, including Malaysia, Saudi Arabia. Okay. So, so you basically it's, it's the either follow the it country, yeah. you either follow it or you don't um yeah it, it's it's the country like does the country use that law or not for f- to govern the country yeah
0: that makes sense amazing I mean we could do a whole episode on just Islam <laughs> it's, it's so fascinating but um it's pride month and we're here to talk to you a little bit about your sexuality and what your experience has been like. Um, being mm-hmm. a lesbian woman and also a Muslim. We know that um, there are certain people that you haven't come out to, Sam, but who have you felt like you have been able to?
2: Well, I'm very much still deep in the closet. Okay. <laughs> I haven't come, out, haven't come out to a lot of people. I was born and raised in Indonesia, and the culture here is still very behind. Being gay here is still very much a taboo. Mm -hmm. very frowned upon and a lot of people still probably think of it as a myth like no way it's a real thing you know like Mm -hmm. like, it's not a real sexuality you know (laughs) but the first person I actually discussed my sexuality with is my brother and I was really young I was probably 10 I was yeah I was really really young and I ask him, like, oh, my, f- my friends all have crushes on boys. And I don't. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not attracted to the boys. You know, I'm just attracted to the girls. And he's about three years older than me. And he's he sort of knew about the world more than I did. And he's a very smart guy. So he said, um, I remember this. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are like that, you know, attracted to the same sex, but just don't talk about it don't mention it, you know, so that was my first impression of coming out of, it's pretty very much like hush hush, you know, don't talk about it, don't mention it, some people are like that, but just keep it hidden, Um, so that's exactly what I did, pretty much, I kept it to myself for a very long time, I didn't, I didn't understand what I was, who I am, and it wasn't until I was in junior high school when YouTube happened and <laughs> the internet was easier to access and I researched about it and I learned what the term lesbian was and I was just like dang like that's wow like, there's actually yeah, like a term for it there's a name for it like wow and yeah that's when I started doing my own research into finding out the truth to my sexuality and I still didn't come out to anyone in Indonesia it was too scary I only came out again when I went to university in UK and got to know more accepting people and societies there and that's when I start being able to be myself and coming out and expressing gayness. <laughs> I have well to say
1: I saw that firsthand because um, I met you at university but <laughs> and there was yeah. no hiding it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I wasn't, when I was in UK, I was just like, I'm out, I'm proud. She was like, you I know, love I women! <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I
0: have to say, like, I have very complex views on um, on the UK as a whole. We have a pretty colourful past, shall we say, um, and lots of things that I feel like, as a country, we shouldn't really be proud of. But I do think that our acceptance of the LGBTQ community is not perfect absolutely not perfect but um it does make me proud that you feel like you can come to the uk and be yourself basically yeah
2: i mean no country is perfect but no. uk is compared to other countries compared to indonesia you're close enough to perfect you're pretty much perfect oh. you know
1: oh don't so, cry so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you think the main reason as to why you're not okay with it at home is because of how the country perceives it and generally how it's understood in Indonesia
2: yeah the culture is just not ready to accept it so what do you what think, do you think
1: that, what do you think that's just because why do you think that is um, i think it's
2: because our culture is very behind and in indonesia religion is a very big part of people's lives and in indonesia you're not allowed to actually you have to have a religion here Atheists, it's not a thing here and i think that that you know that also affects <laughs> people's accept- accepting like other thi- i don't know mm. it, it, it is a, a big like it's confusing religion <laughs> like, has how, a
0: like, religion has a big influence on people doesn't it so if you if every single person is following a religion then every single person's going to be influenced in one way or another and and not have complete freedom of belief and
2: and I mean some religion are better than others uh, when it comes to accepting people for so in Indonesia we have religions and we have uh spirit uh like spirituality you know like Hinduism Buddhism those beliefs are more open-minded when it comes to homosexuality compared to christianity and islam and catholics
0: i guess it's it, again it comes from a place of not knowing but i guess i would never think that any religion would be massively tolerant so going back to islam then what does the quran if anything does it say anything about sexuality
2: uh yeah well the quran in the quran <laughs> what they say about homosexuality is almost the same as the version in the bible so Long story short, in summary, homosexuality is not allowed. It's immoral, it's sinful and wrong.
0: Does it explicitly say that? Or is it kind of the same as a Bible? Okay, fine. (laughs) Because I know that the Bible, it's kind
1: of like, it could mean that, it could maybe not mean that. Why do you think that you feel you cannot come out to your family?
2: Um, Well, there's loads of reasons why. Um, I'm very scared of coming out to my family, mostly because I I don't want them to to disown me, (laughs) Um, because I know that they're not accepting of homosexuality. I've heard it firsthand. I've heard them be very homophobic, you know, said homophobic things, so I know what their opinions are, and I think it's because of our culture that's very behind, because of them being very religious, and also because of how blinded they are to the rest of the world. In Indonesia, there's no homosexuality on the TV. There's no such thing. Even kissing scenes, sex scenes are cut out in the TV or in the cinema, cinema you know. So they're very they're very close, closed up here. So they don't actually know that there are gay people in the world. It's, they don't understand that it's normal that that people can actually be that way, can get married, can have children, you know. Um, and also a big part about why I can't come out to my family is because they're very known here in Indonesia. Like my family, so if someone finds out that I'm gay, it could ruin their reputation, and it can can ruin their career because that's just how it works here. If you have a child that's that way, it will ruin your career pretty much, and. Yeah. And I don't want to do that to my family, of course. They've lived their whole life working hard and I don't want to ruin their careers (laughs) and ruin our family name. And also I'm very dependent on them still. I still live with them and they provide me with education, with food, you know, with a home. So if if I if I come out to them and they take it badly, they they could cut me off or worse, they could try to change me or fix me. Which I don't want to happen.
0: It's really okay. sad. I mean, yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel really sad. <laughs> we, the thing is, we'll never, we'll never be able to relate or understand. But obviously, all we can say is that you're loved, and there's millions of people around the world who love you and feel the same way. And that's all we can say, yeah. really.
1: I love you. I think you're a legend.
0: <laughs> I love you
1: too. I just met you half Thanks. an hour ago, but I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's really nice. So, obviously, being a Muslim woman, how are you received in the LGBTQ community?
2: The LGBTQ community is quite open minded, aren't they? Because what kind of minority would belittle or be mean to other minorities, Mm. I think. (laughs) Um, But people are quite confused when I tell them that I am Muslim because they're like you know like your religion is against you pretty much and says bad things about you and says that you're not allowed to be gay so why are you still muslim and yeah that's that's quite that's loads of people have asked me oh if you're gay why are you still muslim like why do you still believe in god you know <laughs> why well, just just tell them just because I'm gay doesn't be- mean I don't believe in god And I was born gay, but I was also born and raised Muslim. So I can't just forget about my religion. I can't just suddenly, oh, I don't believe anymore. You know, it doesn't work that way. Just just like how you can't really change your sexuality. You know, you can't change your beliefs either. The the most asked question when it comes to being Muslim and gay is why, why why I still follow a religion when I'm gay.
0: I was just going to kind of go off on that slightly because even though you've said that the Quran does explicitly say that homosexuality is is a sin or forbidden, surely part of it still teaches kindness and tolerance and Allah loves all of you. So it's kind of the same as the Bible, right? Where they kind of think, well, maybe, I'm not religious, so how many years is it supposed to be? Hundreds of thousands of years ago when uh, the Bible was written and they said, oh, you can't be gay. Well, obviously you couldn't mm-hmm. at that time, but now whoever is there surely loves you for who you are and will protect you for yeah. who you are. Is that kind of the same in, in Islam and, and in your understanding?
2: Well, that's how, that's how um, I try to mm. make myself feel better, I guess, by still being gay and being in my religion, just hoping for the best that, you know, if I'm a good person and in the end of the day, that's, that's all that matters. You know, and you're dedicated as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, hopefully in the end, that's how God judged me is by all the good that I've done instead of who I fall in love with.
0: Absolutely. And, and Jess has probably seen this too, and I'm sure, Sam, you've seen it, but I've, I've grown up with, you know, naughty Muslims who don't pray every now and then drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes, blah, blah, blah. And they're straight and they have, Um, you know, opposite sex marriages and stuff, but they're still, they're actually committing more sins than you are. And I don't think they worry (laughs) about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's that's how I'm surviving pretty much, (laughs) just hoping for the best, being as good as a Muslim as I can be without changing, without forcing myself to be straight.
0: And I think that's all anyone could ever ask of you. So... Our next question for you, um, we are aware that you have a lovely girlfriend at the moment. What challenges have you two had to face together?
2: Oh, so many. She's like, where do I start? (laughs) Where do I start? Top three. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. I guess the biggest problem at the moment is just the fact that... Um, I can't be in UK because I got deported. <laughs> so we're in a long distance relationship at the moment. Yeah, which really sucks. But I'm trying to figure out a way to come back to UK and be with her. So fingers crossed. Um, I think another problem is also that because my family doesn't, doesn't know that I'm gay. So um, my girlfriend is a secret. <laughs> Nobody knows that she exists. So we've been together for more than two years and nobody in my family knows that she exists. So if anything happens to me, no one would be able to tell her <laughs> because nobody mm. knows her, which is really, really sad. Like someone that's like that like a big part of your life and your your family doesn't know about that person is not fun. <laughs> mm. And also there's the whole race thing, like, her grandma is very racist, <laughs> and I'm very much brown, and gay, and Muslim, and I'm just all the minorities you can think of. Uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's loads of problems, we, have we've, we've been through so many things, but I think because of all our, these, because of all these things that we had to overcome. We we're, we're definitely m- such a strong relate like we have such a strong relationship and we have we have so much love that no matter what happens we are gonna be there for each other you know that's amazing no matter, yeah no matter what my family thinks or what her family thinks we love each other too much to to end our relationship you shouldn't have to though like yeah. you know.
0: You got to make it work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes you think like um, how blessed we are to be like myself to be in, you know, just a white uh, heterosexual relationship and and the arguments that we have and we think that Mm -hmm. the world is ending. And then you realize, you know, we've never had the world against us. We've always been accepted and tolerated and we've never had to think about any hardships like that. And I think it's always worth remembering that we've had it easy, you know, because, you know, people have to deal with a lot more. You shouldn't have to. But, um, yeah, it definitely shows your strength and your resilience.
2: Yeah. no, We, we love each other so much. We, we've decided that we wanted to be with each other for the rest of our life since probably the beginning of our relationship. You mm-hmm. know, we've well, we've already decided we want to get married one day. We want to have children one day, you know, and me being deported and my family being this way and all of these problems that we have is just something that we have to deal with just you know we have to deal with it because we want to be with each other and we'll try our best to do it
1: that's amazing no, I think that's amazing I think you're so strong and like I know <laughs> a lot of, I know a lot of people would probably give up and just say like we can't just because of everything we can't do it but I think that's amazing that you're both so determined and
2: so in love to you know make it through it I think that's amazing a part part of me also feels a bit bad because she could easily just find someone else in the UK you know she could easily just find you can't think like that though I think (laughs) everyone
0: feels like that because I I, even I think sometimes oh well I'm a pain in the ass you know he could be with someone easier but you have to remember that she's chosen you yeah she wants
2: to be with you it's true yeah, but you know, life would be so much easier for her if she wanted <laughs> to be a British person. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: easier doesn't always mean better, babe. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: That's... <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I can't bear it. I'm actually going to cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever felt unsafe, like you and your girlfriend, or like being a couple, or you being Muslim? Have you ever felt unsafe, or in circumstances in the UK or Indonesia,
2: or? I, every day, I feel like I have to hide myself. That's why I'm still in the closet. I'm still scared of coming out because I'm scared of people judging me, I'm scared of people discriminating me, and that's just something that's been that I've been dealing with my entire life. No matter where I go, I'm always afraid. You know, if if I'm in Indonesia, sure, being Muslim here is normal. You know, but being gay here isn't. When I'm in UK sure I can be out about my sexuality but when I tell people I'm Muslim I'm afraid of what they think of me you know or as a brown person too like c- some people are very you know racist so everywhere I go I'm always afraid of what other people think of me and about what about whether or not they will accept me or discriminate me.
0: Do you feel like there is anywhere that you could be that you wouldn't feel afraid or do you feel like this world is set up for you know
2: but like we like we said just now no nowhere nowhere is perfect yeah (laughs) wherever you go there's always terrible people there's always people that are rude people that are judgmental so I guess we just have to have a thick skin and not let people affect you and what people think affect you absolutely or else you're just kind of suffering for the rest of your life if you let every comment get to you you're just gonna you just need to have a thick skin if if i live life that way if every bad comment about my sexuality or my skin color or my my you know my religion gets to me i'd probably just be depressed and crying mm-hmm. in my room every day you know mm-hmm. but yeah you just have to be strong
0: i um mm-hmm. i just wanted to raise because i when i um spoke to a muslim friend of mine about doing this episode um she's bisexual and we, oh, I was telling her because she was quite excited to hear it and she mentioned um, Sarah Hagazi. did you know that story this week? There's a girl in, e- well she was living in Egypt who endured basically such hatred um, mm. that she took her own life in Canada Um basically we thought it was important to mention it because obviously with everything going on and these horrible stories in the media we need people to be more open and talk about these things and um, find support in other people and feel like they've got people they can turn to and this kind of thing because you know lots of people are going
1: through it all over the world. I think it was she held up a pride flag at a concert and um, the Egyptian authorities saw that and actually um, you know arrested her for it which is just horrific you can't even get your
2: head around that sort of mentality but not as brave as as that I'm that kind of person that I hide you know because I know people won't accept me so I hide and I don't tell anyone and I'm in the closet you know and that's very brief that she did that Mm. but there's that's nothing to be ashamed
0: of though Sam you know you have to protect yourself Mm. first and foremost and she she made a stand and um and and chose that path knowing full well that you know things were going to happen to her but um I guess I just wanted to bring it up in recognition of what happened, Um, especially the fact that it's Pride Month, these things do go on in the world, because again, lots of listeners won't be aware of the kind of things that people have to go through um, just to be who they want to be and love who they love. Yeah, sorry to bring the mood down slightly.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's,
2: yeah, it's very important, especially when it comes to suicidal thoughts, it's something that loads of people go through, especially minorities, when they feel yeah. like they're not accepted, when they feel like like no one would understand them. I've I've been through that, so I definitely it's good to mention.
0: We'll talk about that a little a little more at the end of um the show anyway, because we wanted to get some advice from you and stuff. Um just slightly back onto the topic of Islam um in general. We just wondered what your thoughts on sort of a traditional Muslim marriage would be. And um whether, for example, you and your girlfriend, you thought it was something that you could ever do?
2: I cannot marry my girlfriend in a Muslim way, that's okay. for sure. <laughs> so if I, were, if I were to one day marry my girlfriend, I'd do it in UK because it's legal there. It's mm. not legal here in Indonesia, so, you know, I, mean, I can't get married here in Indonesia. But when it comes to how I feel about traditional marriages, I, I even... I've met people in Indonesia that are in straight hetero marriages, you know, but they're cheating on their spouses to be with the, like, same-sex, like, to be with someone that they actually love who's a same-sex couple, and I know so many people like that who are in this somewhat like a fake marriage, Mm -hmm. but, like, hiding their relationship behind their spouse's back you know so they just marry someone for the sake of it just so that people will be like oh they're straight you know yeah they're safe yeah they're safe they're in a straight relationship which i think is not what i want to do you know Mm. i don't want to be in a fake relationship you know i've even considered maybe i could just tell the person like tell a guy oh look this is the situation can i just marry you so that my parents would get off my back and I have like a gay relationship (laughs) but I'm not I'm not a liar I've never been a liar Mm. if I told my parents I'm dating like I'm marrying a guy I'd feel so guilty and they'd be
0: presumably the question would be when are you having children and I think Mm, people know that once you start lying you just dig yourself a hole right so yes definitely
2: I've never lied to my parents Mm. so I don't want to start now I think that's a
0: good way to be in my opinion
2: I I think so far I've always just avoided relationship questions so I do the same (laughs) 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 yeah Uh, luckily my parents aren't the type that's that forces me to date men and forces me to get married or have children they're not like that they're very they care about education and career so it's good you know that's good it's good I'm lucky that they're not pressuring me into anything yeah but I know families especially Asian families pressure their children to get married and um, mm. have children yeah so with all these bad things in my life I still have can think positive oh luckily you know mm. they're not pressuring me married so yeah
0: yeah always a positive
2: th- positivity somewhere
0: do you <laughs> think um this is just a random thought that popped into my head do you think that you could be accepted as asexual in islam if you decided to just be a spinster and say i'm just going to be on my own
2: i don't think if you tell indonesians oh i'm asexual they wouldn't understand yeah no <laughs> but of if you just tell <laughs> but if you tell them look i'm just going to focus on my career i'm not going to get married then it'll be fine you know like, depending on the family of course like i said some people pressure their children but my family wouldn't pressure me to get married and have children i have aunts and great aunts that aren't married and don't, don't have children, mm. you know, so do you think it's
1: a, Do you think it would be different if you were a man? I don't... I
2: don't know. Because
1: um, obviously there's the expectation when you're a man of like carrying on the family name and having children and you know, continuing that. Yeah, in my
2: culture, the, the man um, is the one that brings down the family name, so... But like I said, my family has never pressured me to get married. Yeah, no, I, I've never had that problem. Over time, maybe they, they would start pressuring us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, what would you say is the best way for people to educate themselves?
2: Understanding different religions is always a good thing. So you're not ignorant, you know, so you understand the rest of the world and know that not everyone's like you. So understanding what Islam is like, what Christianity is like, what Buddhism is like, you know, it's just any, any religion, just to, to generally understand other religions is always a good thing, you know, so just people educating themselves. And also when it comes to like LGBT, I think the best thing is just try not to be judgmental, (laughs) just be an open minded person, be a good person. If someone says there that there are certain ways be okay with it like who are you to tell them that they're wrong or right you know so yeah I think the best way to educate people is just to tell them to be a good person Mm. (laughs) and not judge other people and not be so ignorant and just to be an open-minded person.
0: Do you think also um, creating open opportunities for dialogue as well? I think the more open and
2: honest people are about themselves the more normal it'd be to everyone you know yeah if people just hide all the time other people wouldn't know that you know that sexually sexuality exists you know Mm -hmm. or that religion exists if you're more open about it people would know it would understand it more
0: I know that um I'll have friends listening to this who'll be like rolling their eyes because they know that I've picked their brains over and over but personally for myself I just feel like these conversations, difficult conversations even, make you such a better person and such a more well-rounded and educated person if you stop and say, why do you wear a hijab? Or why do you pray five times a day? You know, instead of just deciding that you understand without asking first.
2: Mm-hmm. But also you need to do it in a nice way. Or oh yeah, of way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, some people aren't comfortable talking about themselves. So Mm. everyone just needs to be respectful to everyone. Yeah, of course. And
0: and also, I guess the reason why people have had these conversations with me is because I take time to get to know them as a person first, Mm. not know them as a Muslim and then a friend, but a friend and Mm -hmm. then talk about their religion kind of thing.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So what do you think has helped you on your journey to like self-acceptance and happiness with who you
2: are? Yeah when I was younger I'm still figuring out myself I was definitely in denial you know I was like why am I this way why am I not attracted to men and I was just like this is wrong my religion doesn't agree on this so I was in was in a bad state of my life where I was just in so much denial I was like this is a sin you know i'm going to go to hell i think being in that state of mind made me made me do bad things like have suicidal thoughts and drink alcohol so that i just forget forget mm-hmm. everything you know and it just made me even a worse muslim <laughs> mm-hmm. and i thought like why am i doing this to myself why am i hurting myself you know why am i doing all these also sinful things just to get rid of one thing which is like me mm-hmm. being attracted to women so you know, it's just a, a point in my life where I'm just like look just just accept yourself just accept your sexuality mm-hmm. be a good person be a good Muslim and hopefully in the end of the day that's what God would judge me by you know absolutely yeah God will judge me with all good things that I've done instead of the person I fall in love with and I think that's how I motivate myself to just keep going and just being positive since I was really young I've I've tried to just be positive you know I know that I can't be open and be myself in Indonesia so I try my best to leave and go somewhere else where I am accepted so I, I tried so hard to leave Indonesia to go to UK because I know that UK allows gay marriage and you know I know that UK is quite quite accepting so the moment I figured out my sexuality I was just like okay like you need to leave Indonesia if you want to be yourself so I I studied so hard you know and did so well in school that I skipped skipped high school and I went to university directly when I was 17
0: wow.
2: so that I could just be myself and it was the best thing ever to just to just go to UK and just be myself at the age of 17 and just you know experience freedom for the first time I can experience being myself for the first time and yeah it's just it's just being positive that's that's how I've that's how I've lived my life you know I can't just be like no like it's not gonna work it's not gonna happen you know that's just that's just that that never helps but if you're positive and you try your best I think I think you can do anything really
1: is that, that the to, um
0: sorry jade what were you can say i was just going to say uh, that that phrase comes to mind that i think you just have to accept the things you cannot change and you can't change how you feel about people and who you fall in love with and yeah. you have to work find find everything a else
1: exactly find a solution yeah so is that um is that the advice that you'd give to young women that are sort of dealing with the same issues with that you have done is that just be positive and don't change who mm-hmm. you are
2: yeah, I think first of all you need to realize who you are, you know, and believe believe in that. Believe in who and you are. And that takes time. And that takes time that to
1: realize who you does,
2: are. Does it really <laughs> does? And 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 yeah. And just instead of being upset about it, oh, why am I this way? Try and figure out a solution instead. You know. So instead of like, oh, people in Indonesia don't accept me and I'll be miserable about it, I just leave, you know? <laughs> Figure out a way how to leave, find a scholarship, you know, like go to UK and like be yourself somehow. You know, I think people just need to try to to fight, to fight for what they believe in, to do to do their best, to not give up, you know? Because sometimes it's just so difficult that you just want to give up, you know, with, with everything. Like, for example, at the moment, me being here in UK, I, I can't, uh, me being in Indonesia, I mean, and I want to go back to UK, of course, and I don't have the money. You know, I don't have the support. I don't know how I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to go back to UK. I just need to stay positive and try and get a scholarship or try to get a job, a visa, whatever. You know, you just need to keep trying and stay positive because the moment you stop being positive and stop trying, you're just... It's just a dead end and you just there's nowhere else to go absolutely you.
0: and you won't make yourself happy if you give up yeah amazing this has been like such a blessing to have you on and just hear your story honestly it's been so amazing so we've got two final questions one of them is going to be what makes you proud to be muslim
2: i'm proud because i think that my, my religion is very peaceful we love each other and we we're taught to not discriminate other people we're taught to accept everyone and also what people don't know you know how people say oh like halal is a bad thing and all that you know like oh halal you torture animals you know and stuff like that which don't get me started on that like what halal means is when some when a product is halal, it means that the animal has been raised properly, you know, that we, it hasn't been tortured, you know, it hasn't been caged, it hasn't been, like, brought up in a way where it's been tortured, and the way that they are killed is also in a way where they don't feel any pain, mm-hmm. and when they are being slaughtered, um, we pray, and we say thanks for... The food that they're going to, to give to people, you know. So I think people don't understand that it's actually a good thing when something's halal because the animal has actually been brought up properly and the animal is actually not in pain when they're mm. killed. So yeah, we 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 care about animals. We care about things, you know. And also with the with the zakat that I told you about, how we give our money to charities and. And donation to donate our money. It's actually in one of our five pillars of Islam. Mm-hmm. We have to give at least 0.5% of our earnings to the poor or to charities, to anything. And that's one of our five pillars. In Can Islam. you go we over the
0: five that. pillars for listeners?
2: Um, So the first one is we believe in God, of course. Mm -hmm. And the five are, we believe in God, uh, Zakat, which is we give uh, our earnings to the poor and charities. We pray five times a day. Uh, We go to, um, if we can afford it, we go to Hajj, which Mm -hmm. is the sort of like the pilgrimage that we do in Saudi Arabia, in Makkah. And also we fast once a year. Uh, in Ramadan so that's the five things like the five pillars of Islam that we do so yeah
0: oh, I think we're gonna have to have you on again to just like Islam. Yeah, I know all about Islam
1: there's
0: so many things I could ask you honestly <laughs> I just I, d- I don't understand why everyone doesn't want to know more it really frustrates yeah. me, you know. Like it, it, it's so interesting to learn about everyone's opinions and, and where everyone comes from. I just, why would you shut that out and just say, nope, don't care, not interested?
2: People are ignorant. My mind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're taking me back to an RSGCSE when I learned about it. I'm remembering all these things again, like, oh my God, I forgot about all these things. <laughs> so, yeah, we had one more task for you, which was who is your iconic female?
2: i think i don't know any woman who's a good person (laughs) nice i like that nice and
1: well well rounded yeah
2: any 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 woman that's that believes that's like a feminist and believes in themselves and a good person i think is my icon
1: (laughs) oh you're so wholesome i can't cope i love it well thank you so much for coming on sam it's been amazing like really really good to speak to you thank you so much
0: no worries <laughs> once again guys thank you so much for tuning in today um i'm fairly speechless to be honest after speaking with um our guest today she's absolutely amazing we are completely inspired and educated by the conversation that we had um and we hope that you are too and we would love to have her back again to ask her a ton more questions i guess there's nothing else really to say at this point other than happy pride everyone. Woo. Woohoo! Love Very is flags. Exactly. Be who you want to be, love who you love, look after each other. Yeah, we're always here if anybody wants somewhere to escape and check out an episode of our podcast. We are here for each and every one of you no matter what color, shape, size, sexuality, breed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're not dogs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um come and find us and then um, we'll be back to speak to you next week.
1: Thank you so much for listening guys. Bye. Bye.